10 years ago, we bought a house and the next door neighbor called and said, Hey, I'll give you 15 grand for the house. We just bought. It. I go, what? Well, <laughs> oh, she wanted to give us 10 grand more. And I said, no, I'll give you, take me, give me 20. And then we, we settled on 15. And I, I looked at everyone and said, well, that was interesting. There are millions of real estate investors out there. And most are stuck with just a couple of properties. They want financial freedom, but their small portfolio ends up costing them more in time, effort, and money than it's worth. Getting out of the rat race seems harder than ever. This show will help you do more deals, better deals, and bigger deals. Finally, you'll be able to reach your income and lifestyle goals. How? By attracting and leveraging private money partners and their capital. Now get ready to raise more money, because here's your host, Dave Dubow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another exciting episode here. And today, we've got a couple of real estate rock stars with us, a real estate power couple, power team. These guys have flipped over 1,000 properties since first getting started way back in 2007. And I'm talking about none other than Glenn and Amber Schwarm. You guys, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. We are awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. That sounds like a lot of houses when I hear you, when I hear you say it. It oh. sounds like a lot of houses when anybody says it. That's a, that's you know, more than I could count on all my fingers and toes. So, so you guys, let's just you know, for folks that aren't familiar with you, how did you get into the wild and wonderful world of real estate investing, and what got you into flipping? Desperation. Oh. Yeah, desperation. desperation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we when we started, we bought our first rental property back in two thousand three. Actually, bought my first rentals back long before I met Amber back in the late eighties with simple assumption loans. Wow. And I bought those. And so I had those, but I actually lost those in foreclosure. I went bankrupt. I was a young man. I was well, a young kid. I would say I was in my early twenties, 21, something like that. 22. When you think you're an adult, but looking back, you realize you were still. A kid. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And so that, you know, that was, that, that I kind of got gun shy for a while and stayed away for a bit. And then when Amber and I connected, you know, we bought our first rental in 2003. And that was a bad experience. We tried to be landlords. We try to do the, the usual way people do it. Right. Yeah. That, that aren't, educated, if you will, like people that are saying, I'm just going to be a landlord. And then you're like, this sucks. And so we did that. And that was a, you know, that was a bad experience. And then we decided to start flipping because we were both going through divorce from our spouses and $80,000 in credit card debt. Amber married me for my money. Oh yeah. And then, <laughs> and so we I, thought it was for, I thought it was for the, for the looks for sure. They're going. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it's pure, purely for the debt. She wanted to, she wanted someone with a lot of debt. That's what she was looking for. So she wanted, she wanted to really help somebody. So she found me. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what my but, wife did with me. What too. loser can I actually really help? Cause this guy's really pathetic. Well, Let's they, jump it well, out. We would like to fix us guys, man. That's so right. we gave her a lot of raw, raw material. I gave her a lot to work with. with. That's Oh. I'm, I'm flipping him. I'm yeah. flipping him. Yeah. Yeah. We always say she takes something ugly and makes it look pretty. I go, like me. That's what she's working on. Oh, He's still a work in progress, though. So, <laughs> anywho, so yeah, so we started that in 2007. We did our first house. You know, we, the funny part of it, Dave, we go to this, we go to this workshop and there's eight people in the room and we're two of them. So there's mm-hmm. six other people besides us, plus the speaker. The speaker, he's talking like he's this big shot. I'm thinking, yeah, your room's not so big, not that big. Yeah. But he was driving me nuts, slurping his water. It's just, he just was, he was an annoying speaker. But he he looks up and says, you know what? To be successful in real estate investing, you'll have to go in houses that she'll never go in. And he points at Amber. We're in the front row. Now she's mm-hmm. dressed up. It's date night. We're going to go out to dinner after this thing. And I'm looking at him thinking, now we hadn't flipped the house yet. So in fairness, we had no track record. I thought, buddy, you have no idea who you're talking to, but that's okay. Cause I had been shoving her through doggy doors and she's right in the trenches with me. And, you know, she fits in spaces I can't fit into. So 
So we started. We flipped our first house, made seventeen grand. We we two thousand. So, so there, did you? I mean, did you learn something from this guy, or did you just kind of go in with trial and error? We learned to be careful who to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of Glenn's favorite expressions is "Be careful who you take advice from," because you might end up just like them. Yeah. And so you know, like I I could have easily taken what that guy said and let it beat me down and and think you know gave you know that could have given me a lot of self doubt. Mm. And, you know, maybe because of the way I look, I maybe I won't be successful, you know, mm. but it also goes to show you don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, right. you never know what is in somebody internally, you know, that so, so yeah, that served as a little bit of a negative motivator for you. It's kind of like screw you. I think for both. Uh, yeah. yeah, because that guy still is in our. So we we live in Florida. We're still doing 100 deals a year up in New York because our team still f- functions up there. So we we right. remote. We're We're not really active in the day to day. And we, we've been very blessed there. And but that guy is still a realtor in the upstate of New York. He's just a realtor now. He's not really flipping houses. So it kind of cracks me up when I see him trying to make an initiative for something. I think, well, here we are a thousand deals later. But so from there, though, Dave, we actually the one the good thing that he did was he put together a training of a woman who had done 250 deals. And we drove to Connecticut to hear her speak. And I remember um, sitting in the audience going, that's ridiculous. 250 houses is ridiculous. And now when I hear you announce us, I think to myself, I still go, is that right? But then I think to myself, our company does a hundred deals a year. Like it started off with one. Amber's big to say, hey, it all started with one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was one deal, then it was three, then it was seven, then it was 20, then it was 40, then it was seven, you know. And then it got to be this, we've been on this hundred a year grind for a while. And yeah. these are wholesales. They're full, they're maybe 70% wholesale, maybe 20%. Oh, uh, okay. So, so you're not doing a hundred full-on flips, renos, the yeah. whole thing. Got it. Well, transactions. You know, but we've done 30, 40 flips in a year, like full on renovations. Well, so, about, I mean, about 50, our biggest year, that right? Our biggest year. Our biggest year was 50 flips, actual full on gut, you know, run, that, you must, you yeah. must have had a whole crap load oh. of teams going. And I mean, oh, yeah. we did. Yeah, we kind of wanted to pull it out though. That was, yeah. that was a lot when you don't have exactly the right people in place. But I think to most people though, that sounds a little overwhelming. And yeah. so I, and like Lynn said, I think it's really important for people to remember it started with one. and it just kind of grew organically from there. So you don't have to start out. And, and a lot of people don't even want to start out building a huge business that even yep. does 50 a year or 30 a year. Mm-hmm. Some people, if they flip two houses a year, that they would make more doing that than they would in their full-time job. Right. So so it's not like you have to go you know crazy doing this to make a really good living. And, and if you want to, that's always an opportunity. Dave, that... So, okay, so, so you guys, what, what's your definition of a flip? So... Buying, actually owning the house, and most of the time making repairs as few as possible, and then selling that house for a profit, right? So or, if or we actually own it, right? Yeah. So it could be we we certainly have homes. The, the sweet deals is when you buy it and sell it. Like those are so sometimes you find those, right? You just buy it and sell it because it doesn't need much or it needs the yard cleaned up. Very basic, thousand bucks worth of stuff. Yeah. Then you got the houses. The more common is are just the cosmetic, right? You go in, you put new kitchen, new bathrooms. New flooring, paint it up, good to go. I mean, it's pretty much the definition of what you would see on TV, like right. on a TV show. But we've certainly done the, the but we've complete, done everything yeah, between, guts yeah. and all that stuff too. The but, know, uh, but at this at this point, you're doing a variety of things. You're doing combinations, some flips, some wholesale deals, a yeah. few buy and holds sprinkled yeah. in. Oh there yeah, as well. oh yeah. We're always adding. We're always adding to our rental portfolio, both long and short term rentals. So we're okay. always doing that. Yeah. So we're. You know, it started because we were doing marketing, right? We started doing ads on TV back 10 years ago before it became popular. And so we were doing that a long time ago. And we had never wholesaled a deal 
now, as you know, wholesaling is ridiculous. Everybody's everyone, their brother's a wholesaler. Hmm. We were doing it. Oh gosh. 10 years ago, we bought a house and the next door neighbor called and said, Hey, I'll give you 15 grand for the house. We just bought. I go, what? (laughs) Oh, she wanted to give us 10 grand more. And I said, no, I'll give you, take me, give me 20. And then we, we settled on 15. I I looked at everyone and said, well, that was interesting. Like we didn't even touch the house. That was way easier than fixing the damn thing up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then we started, then we started stumbling onto the world of, we used to turn away deals all the time. So we would get, we, we were like, flipping snobs, right? We would say, no, we're, our buy box is in this town. It's in this size. It's in this price range. And that's it. We were very strict on that, which is fine. But we're getting calls like for things in the inner city and other places that I said, no, thank you. And I would literally hang the phone up. Meanwhile, not thinking, how much did I pay for the phone call to come in in the first place? Right. And is and there so, somebody else who would love to have that deal? Yeah. Right. Well, I, I grew up with a guy kid with my well, my age because he's a guy now but i grew up with him we we played a little leagues together whatever his dad i remember they they owned about they still think they still do about a hundred houses in a really ghetto part of town like really dangerous and i remember stories of him talking he came to school and talked about cleaning up brain matter where there were gang yeah. gang killings in their property i'm like yeah. you're insane but to the point he loved it that was his world it Not was a lot of competition yeah 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 right and so one day I told them, I go, you know, people buy this crap. What are we, what, why? Aren't, so we would get a lead in and I would, I would go under contract with it. And I would take that contract and go to somebody like him and say, Hey, listen, you want to give us, it was, it started out being five grand a house, then 10, then 20. Our average wholesale splits about 18 grand. Now we've done some as high as 75,000 just for shifting paper around. Mm-hmm. And then we started to turn that more into our business. We're like, okay, we got to help for, we got to help pay for marketing. That's what it started. Like, let's, and then one year we did like a hundred grand and then we did 400 grand. Then now we're doing about, I don't know, about one, 1.2 something million a year in wholesale splits. Probably it really helps pay for the office. Yep. Without, I that, I, without that, I can't <laughs> pick the pretty ones. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So we get to sort through and find the better ones and, and the rentals and everything. And I multiple. think what holds a lot of people back though, is they don't know what they don't know, you know, and, mm. and one is fear they they don't get involved because they're just scared of the whole idea of it. And then two, you know, some people are scared of success. Some people are scared of failure. Some people just don't have the knowledge. And then number two is, is the lack of money, which money is actually the easy part. And I'm sure Glenn will dive into that in a minute. But sometimes like we even get talking about marketing, there's even people that will give us like a bad rap on like our Facebook ads, for example, like, oh, you guys are coming in and not making it affordable for regular homeowners and stuff. And most of the kind of houses we buy aren't the type of houses homeowners would even be interested in. You know, they're, they're houses that are very dilapidated. They're almost unlivable. They're, you know, they're, we, we helped, we helped the neighborhood by bringing yeah. up values. And there was even a few times we bought a house for a dollar. And some, some people might say, oh, you took advantage of somebody if you bought the house for a dollar. Not if you sell the house. Yeah. That person, <laughs> the, the person, the people that sold us the house for a dollar were so grateful to us because they didn't want to have to pay the taxes. You know, it was a house they inherited. Mm-hmm. It was in the hood. They didn't want to have to pay the taxes on it for $5,000 a year. We had to like, clean out many carcasses of dead animals yes. in that thing too. That was not a pretty, that yeah. was not so, a pretty, so <laughs> made five grand of that deal, but yeah. <laughs> like my, my point to all of that is like, we are really doing a service to people. We're helping people not mm-hmm. taking advantage of them. We, we really strive to create win-win scenarios for our buyers and our sellers so we were creating that win-win. We're helping neighborhoods. We're bringing up values. We're helping the town. So it, it also has that really feel-good feel to it. But 
But as far as like the money goes, that's the other thing that really holds people back. And mm-hmm. money is the easy part. You know, people think it's the hardest part. Money is definitely the easy part. Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about how you guys fund your deals. And then, you know, because at this stage, you've got so much experience, so many deals under your belt. Somebody watching this might think, okay, well, that's easy for them. So how do most of your students fund their deals when they're getting started? So let's start with what you get or whichever way you want to go at it. Can I tell you how we, how we started, how we got into this? Because when we first started back in 07, there were still loans available, right? You could still get a loan. And then we use credit cards for the the renovation process. Cause you know, banks only give you back then we were the first deal. I think we got 90, 90% of the value of the house. But then we had to come up with the other 10%. We had to come up. So we we figured it out with credit cards. That's how we did it and lines of credit. So really it was still none of our own money. But we did the first two deals that way. And the third deal was in 2008. Hmm. Banks had all shut down. And I called my buddy and said, hey, good friends. Like played racquetball with a guy with my mortgage guy. I said, hey, I need one of those loans. He goes, yeah, there's no more. I go, yeah, but you got one for me. He goes, I got none, I got none for anybody. Not even for me, man. I got <laughs> nothing. And I'm like, yeah, but this is me. He goes, it's not me. He goes, are you reading the paper? I'm like, no. He's like, the world is shutting down. There's no more money in 2008. We had two houses under contract, Ooh. like to flip. And we had put money into them. We had already had work in like, not work, but like, well, yeah, mental deposits. work, deposits. And we had contractors looking at the house. And I remember going, oh, crap. I'm, I have two good deals, which would have netted us 100,000 profit of 50,000 each. Mm-hmm. 50 and 40, maybe I think it was back then. And I remember thinking, okay, we can do this. And I'm thinking, now we can't fund it. I'm screwed. And literally I had to figure out where do I find money from? And because the banks, it was not there. And I didn't have any wealthy friends that I knew of. And I was walking one day and I had, I was listening to my CD player. That's how old I am, right? So, but yeah. Somehow that sounds old. I don't know how that sounds old, but that's old. <laughs> exactly. I also had cassette yeah, tapes so, back what, in the what day. What are you talking so, about? Yeah, I still got yeah, one of them. <laughs> so I'm listening to a CD that I got. It was some random, it was kind of scratched. And I don't even know where I got it. But it was a guy talking about how he raised money by asking his circle of influence for money. And kind of, you know, and I was like, private money. Mm-hmm. What the heck is private money? And there was really no... I shouldn't say there was no internet back then, but it wasn't nothing like it is now where you type it in, you have a billion different answers. It's not like that. And I didn't have that. I remember we lived in a two bedroom condo and I'm like, I remember walking in the parking lot going, huh? So we put together a packet that explained that we had done two deals. We showed before and afters, we showed our profits. And then I said, I'm looking for private lenders to pay. And at the time I was paying 14% and four points. I didn't know that you could do it for cheaper. Now, we now pay 10. Money got a lot cheaper as we went along. Yeah. yeah for our experience. Again, yeah. But I, re- but I reached out and I sent this packet out to about 40 people. And I think the secret for me was I didn't ask them for money. I asked them who they knew. Ah, that was the smart. genius in it. Because side door approach. It was this, I call it the side door approach. That was the genius in our model because when I did that, you know, I, I remember calling some guys I golf with. I was like, did you get my packet? Like, yeah, pretty impressive. Like, you know anybody? Nah. So I'm not rejected, right? When they say no, I go, okay, cool. Well, let me know. And then I went and met some people. and t- They, nah, I don't know anybody. But then the first investor we had was a woman that Amber was going to the gym with. And she said to Amber, hey, I heard about, I got, you know, which I think you gave her one. You gave her a packet. I think and, so, yeah. and 
And so it was very, she said, hey, if you know anybody. And so she said, boy, I don't know anybody, but I sure wish I could do this. So my brain doesn't stop working. I can't help it. You're an entrepreneur. You know, if you're an entrepreneur listening, right, you know, your brain doesn't shut off. And I'm like, hmm, she wants to do it, wants to do it, wants to do it. So I said, you know, they have a really nice house. I've been to their home before. I go, they have a really nice house. And they're always doing crap on their house. They're always fiddling on the weekends. They're always building this. I knew they had. So I I called her and said, hey, Jamie, do you you guys have equity? Because you're always piddling around your house. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. I said, she says, we're probably 400 grand. I said, what do you owe? She goes, a couple hundred grand. I go, so do you have a home equity line of credit? She goes, we do. Why? I said, do you use it? She goes, no. I go, do you want to? She goes, I don't know. What do you mean? I said, so what if you, what's your rate? She said, I'm paying 4%. I said, what if you loan us a hundred grand and I paid your monthly payment? So it's 350 a month. I said, I'll pay you, I'll pay your monthly payment and I'll pay you 14% for the money you're loaning me. That's not even your money. She said, what? I said, I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. I said, yeah. you have access to money. Let's have a conversation. And we did. We wrote up a mortgage. We we did it the first deal. And she actually got four points in 14% for those first two deals. And then we removed the points after that. And we, and we backed her back to 10%. But did that we did those first two deals and made our 50 grand each. So we had we had money from that investor to buy one house because I got one other one. This is the funniest one. My biggest investor called me. I hadn't talked to him for three years, four years. I would get emails periodically. And he called up and I love him. He's he's a good friend, but he's a little bit a little bit curmudgeon at times. Yeah, yeah. And he calls up and he's like, he's like, what, what, what the hell are you doing now? What what is this thing I got in the mail? I go, well, <laughs> you know, if you it's real, he goes, what do you know about real estate? I go, well, a couple of things. I did a couple of houses, you know, he's like, that's the worst time to be in real estate. I go, why are you calling me? You know, he's like, well, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, so I, I go, I go, who do you know? He's like, he's like, well, what about me? And that was, that was the genius, right? I didn't mm-hmm. ask him. Yeah. I always, I always say to people, Dave, I'm like, you know, if you've walked through a mall recently, you know that when you walk through the mall and those people come out with those little packets, they want to hand you, what's the first thing you say? No, thank no. you. Yeah. It could be pure gold. And you're like, no, thanks. I don't have, I don't want any gold today. You, you don't even know what it is. You just say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think by removing that rejection piece, we took off and and he called and said, okay, I'll, I'll fund this other one. Who's this Janie girl? Let me talk to her. And Jenny hadn't even done a deal yet. I don't think. He's like, he's like, yeah, I know these guys. He's like, I know him too, but I don't know if you know him in real estate. And he was asking lots of questions. And so he went from funding one deal to, we actually bought two more in that same time frame. While these two were under construction, we bought two more and he funded 400 grand worth of flips. We had caught him at the perfect moment. He was Beautiful. panicking because of the recession. He sold off 800 grand worth of stocks for 400 grand. Mm. So he was in a cash position now. He had taken a loss. He was terrified. And thus began our career. Now we've raised over, we have about $5 million worth of private lender funds that we use for our flips. Mm-hmm. Now your other question was, what do our students use? Well, no, I want to, I want to dig in this. Cause that was, that was a brilliant tactic that you, that you guys did yeah. there. Yeah. It reminds me of, of what we get our clients doing, which I call the ninja approach, which is very like stealthy kind of ideas as well. So it's not so much sending the whole package out to people and saying, Hey, do you know, it's reaching out to people in your sphere saying, Hey, can you do me a favor? I've put together a presentation about what I'm doing with real estate. I really could use a second set of eyes to take Great a look idea. at it. Great idea. And you jump on zoom where you meet them face to face, you walk them through your, your, in our case, slideshow presentation about everything that you're doing with real estate. 
and get their feedback, right? And they're going to say, right. well, you should change the color on slide 14 and you misspelled yeah. a word here, whatever, you know, yeah. that yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And then same idea at the end, say something mm-hmm. like this. Hey, Glenn, Amber, I, I know this probably isn't a fit for you, but do you know anybody else who might be interested in this yeah. kind of a deal? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the best, right? Yeah, that's no, exactly. great. Yeah, get that, get that. Because people love giving their opinions. I, I always love when you're doing stuff like that. People are like, yeah, you should change the color. And I would change this side. You're thinking, just shut up. Do you want to give me a check or not? <laughs> yeah, like, what do you know about this stuff? <laughs> Did you not understand what I'm really doing here? Come on. <laughs> and then they go, really? You, you can really get those kind of returns on a deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Other- so that's, that's brilliant. I love how you guys did that. But I just, I want to go back. So that second guy, your big, your, your first big investor, how did he know about the other investor? Did you, when he called up, you said, we got somebody else on board Correct. already kind of, so it's almost Correct. a scarcity thing. It was like, it, it, it kind of happened that way. Yeah. And the funny part was we, so, okay, let's dive in. Let's really dive in some details. Yeah. Then I said, he said to me, well, look at, cause in my packet, it says, if you know anybody, I'll give you a 1% finder's fee of the first amount that they give me. So if they give me a hundred grand, I'll give you a thousand bucks. Right. And I knew he was a former network marketer. That's how I knew him. So I knew he had a lot of people. So he understood the concept, but he got pretty clever. So he said, I don't want 1%. I want 1% in perpetuity. So as long as that client is a client, I want a 1% override. And I'm like, you son of a gun. And so I agreed (laughs) though. And he raised about three or four more million dollars. Wow. So he brought in his... His he contacts. Did. He did, who were also curmudgeon the old guys that not all of them, but but they <laughs> they come in and they wanted to come up and remember they they come to they our met us. they came and met us. We toured properties and they wanted to see who we were, if we're full of crap, you know, all yeah. that. They wanted they wanted to vet us. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. did. And those little investments turn into bigger. They was, you know, funny how people find more money once they start to trust you. Exactly. They cash yeah. this deal out. They sell a house over here. They get a little, they get a little home equity. They, they use it. A lot of our investors use self-directed IRAs. Right. Yeah. Correct. And that's how he uses. Yeah. Mo- mo- and so, so were you securing them on title? Were you putting them on title? No. Second mortgage type thing? Promissory mortgage. notes? What were you? Yeah. Huh? More, yeah. More mortgage and note and insurance, but mm-hmm. they, we, we still retain title to the house. They asked that over the years. Sometimes I said, no. I don't want you on title. I said, you don't want, you don't want to be on title. You don't mm-hmm. want the liability being on title. You know, somebody sues you, <laughs> they're going to take my house from me. So I don't. Right. You know. So basically they're secured via second mortgage. Is, is that what Well, first mortgage. Oh, so they're financing the whole thing. They're, yeah. So what right. we, yeah. so what we do, so this is interesting, right? So what we do, because I know your crowd, I see the money partner formula behind you. So I, yeah. your crowd's all about money, which is great. Raising capital. Yep. Yeah, we we raise everything up front because right. like I, I take the, the renovation, I'm sorry, the purchase and the renovation and some of the holding costs mm-hmm. up front. And for the most part, I don't pay my investors until I cash out of the deal. Then I pay Loan them payment. at once. Just now, uh, uh, yeah. Some need monthly payments. Every now and again, people need a month. And that's okay. If someone needs a monthly payment, we, we go ahead and do that. But we try not to just from a cash flow perspective. Mm-hmm. Smart. So. And typically, I mean, you're in and out of these, especially at this stage, fairly quickly. Back then, how long was it taking you to to do one of these flips? We want to discuss our worst story, or what do you want to discuss? Well, I mean, like, like the first the first few, what what on were you average, averaging? I'd were say they three to six months? Well, on average in in the beginning, and then we got when we got cumbersome with our team, right? Yeah. We got we mm-hmm. we started building a team, so it wasn't going as fast as so. You know, some pitfalls when you're doing multiple deals, you could talk on that. We we sort of got behind the eight ball because we weren't yeah. managing at worth the crap at all. So some of those deals taking a year to do. 
Well, and then we're then we're losing our hide. When you first start out, you know, you're wearing all the hats. Yeah. You're you're doing the negotiating, you're doing the project management, you're doing the books, you're doing, you know, the first three houses we even did the work on. We learned that lesson real quick. You make a lot more money when you hire it out. My um, back still hurts. So, so years later. So as as we we definitely had some growing pains, you know, when we started doing 10 houses at once and and we didn't have the teams in place to do that. Yeah. But I but I think going back to the money part, one thing that was really interesting to note for people, and I think you probably touched on it too, was Glenn said, you know, none of my friends have money. Yeah. Yes, mm. they do. That wasn't yeah. true. They just don't know it. That wasn't true. Exactly. You know, that that's that is such a misconception everybody has. I had that back in the day as well. And it's like, yeah. quite often it's the person you least expect. Yes. You know, yes. and you guys have probably seen this all the time, all flash, no cash. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You got those people. And then you got the humble folks that have been yeah. shoveling it away or wisely investing and living under their means. And there's a yes. hundred, 200 grand right there. Yeah. Yes. I think when you, when you can tell people the different ways that they can invest with you, you know, really you become an educator, you educate and say, yeah. look at, you know, do you have an IRA? Well, because not every IRA is going to qualify to move to a self-directed IRA if you're currently working or, or 401ks, that kind of stuff. But depending on what it is, we we quickly figured out how to help people get into a self-directed IRA and help them manage that process. And that's allowed them to go, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, I have no money to invest. I got half a million dollars in my IRA. Well, you know, and, but they think that's the <laughs> Well, stock. of course, it's, it's, they don't know, right? They, they, don't, don't, know. Know. they don't know. And when or they, they, when they got, they, or they got, $200,000 in home equity, like your first investor, right. right? So they don't know they can use they that. Know. Right. And our, our the bulk of our investors are not these savvy, you know, multi-million dollar investors. These are mom and pops that just yeah. have their life savings and they would rather put it with someone like us that's steady. But one thing that's really, really important for anybody that is an investor that's going to take somebody's money always do right by your investor. Absolutely. So like even the houses where we've lost money on, we paid. We our investors were whole. Yeah, that we our fifth house we lost like 4 grand on the deal mm-hmm. because we we made some errors, you know, that's a whole different podcast. We made some errors and it took it took longer to sell than we expected and we had to sell for less. It was winter time whatever. And the market was kind of going south in 2009 or ish or 8 or 9. Mm-hmm. And not kind of going south, it was south. So we lost that money, but we, I remember telling my investor, he said, how'd you do? I said, we lost money. He said, okay. I said, we lost money because we paid you. And he laughed. He <laughs> goes, well, I get the money. I go, I'm not complaining. I said, without you, I don't have the deal. I said, and, but I think that moment of truth that he knew no matter what I said, no matter what happens, come hell. And I tell all of our students, I say, come hell or high water, you pay off your investor. Mm-hmm. Because if you build that, that will be the best investment you ever make. Cause when they see that you value them, over the money that you could make on a deal. Because if you say, hey, I lost 10 grand on this deal, so I'm just going to not pay you the 10 grand. Can we negotiate that? You'll lose that investor. Oh, for sure. They're going to eventually go, nah, I don't want to best. I can go in the stock market and have that kind of roller coaster. I don't need you. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So for me, I feel like even if you lost 50 grand on a deal, you find that money and you pay that investor out because now you'll have an investor for life and you'll make tenfold on the money that you think you lost on that. Mm. And I think it's important for our industry, Dave, what you do and we do that people always operate with integrity when you're handling people's money. I mean, don't, don't wind up on America's most, what's the show? American greed. Don't wind up on one of those shows because you're an idiot and you take money from people. Like you, you treat their money. Like it's your mom or your money, your grandmother's or whoever's the most important person in your life. Mm -hmm. If you treat it like that and you make sure they get paid, I think you'll attract more and more people. And you'll, 
we're at a point now where we don't need any more money. Well, it's funny, you know, when you're doing a lot of flips, sometimes you, sometimes like right now we have a bunch of money sitting, we have to get invested. We're like, ah, we've got to figure that out. Then sometimes we don't, but right. most of the time we, we never have a need to go out and look for more money. You know, no, you've, you've got your pool of investors. They, they're not going to go anywhere. They just want to keep right. reinvesting with you. That, that reminds yeah. me that that's a great point, Glenn, because one of the exercises I take people through is what I call the lifetime worth of an investor, how much an investor is worth to you in net profit in your pocket over the lifetime of you working with Boy, that person. That's a big so in number. addition to just the, it's the right thing to do, the ethical thing to do, you know, even if you have to go negative, like you guys did on that, on that deal yep. to bring your investor whole, like you said, in the long term, when you understand in cold, hard dollars and cents, how much that person is worth to you, it's huge. And and like, if you guys crunched the numbers on how much that second investor guy that brought everybody else on board for you, how much value he has created for oh. you, it's, it's mind boggling. Oh, yeah. It's tens of millions. It's, it's, yeah, it's a staggering amount of money when you look at it that way. It's a really, really good point, Dave, to look at it that way. Cause there's so much, they are the lifeblood. I didn't realize how important, well, I do, I always knew they're important, but a few years back, we were maxed out. We had all $5 million invested, and we were buying more houses, and we had more renovations. We had to go get a loan from Hard Money Lender. Mm. So I, we signed up for Hard Money Lender, you know, the process. <laughs> so this is going to sound so funny to your listeners, but I remember going, application? All right, whatever. I don't do applications. <laughs> but, so I do an application. Then they want, you know, I got I to personally sign for it. Well, I don't want to do that. Okay. And like, I'm like, what is all this paperwork? My yeah. God, what are these closing costs? What and, are all and these that's, and that's not even a bank. That's a hard money lender. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I laugh at it. And so I got done it and I go, you guys just don't understand. I'm so spoiled now because I don't, I don't even talk to my investor anymore. I mean, I do if they call me, but my team reaches out, sends them a text and says, Hey, we need 150 for this house. We need 210 for this house. I'm going to move your money out of here. And it's just such a process now that's so simple for me. And I forget sometimes. So every now and again, last year, we had to go back and get hard money for like maybe a million bucks worth of houses. We had a bunch of stuff coming in. You know, when you're buying houses, you can't determine when they come in. Sometimes right, you have right. five in a month. Sometimes you have nothing that month. So, yeah. and we had all that. We had like five big renovations going on and it was, or whatever it was, about a million bucks. And I just was like, man, they, you guys want a lot of paperwork from me. And they're like, this is normal. What are you talking about? I'm like, not for me. It's not normal. So yeah. So the private, lender base is the, the best, private lender base is the best way to go because it's so hey, well, simple. Well, yeah, this is fascinating, guys. So now, what are you guys seeing that your students or what are you showing your students to do when it comes for them financing their deals, them finding their own private money? Are, are, you, are they doing the same thing you guys did? So I always encourage that, but people want to go with what they think the path of least resistance is. So we provide them with a couple of lenders that work with us, hard money lenders that they get started. But I tell them right out of the gates, you got to start looking for that private lender right away. And also in this market, I'm encouraging them to start looking for, for you know, creative financing ways. Like how can you, hmm. can you take over? Can you do a subject to, I know that's, we won't die down that path, but we, you know, can you take over an existing mortgage at 2.6%? Because right. that's going to be a much better deal for you. Now, one thing that we do, maybe I could share with your listeners if that'd be okay with you. We we JV on deals. Now, mm. this is not we did this on our what third house, I think. Yeah. You want to tell us? Which yeah, so so we came across this house and this is going back 15 years, so I may not remember all the details, but a nice couple and they had inherited it from their mother who passed away. And the house was really, you know, it was it was pretty much a hoarder house and 
And just so a disaster, the yeah. numbers just didn't yeah. make sense for us to buy it though. So well, remember we did, we gave them two offers. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. This you or that. Yeah. that I, I do. If you don't, I yeah. Do. So, so, so we sat down at the table with them. Now, mind you, we're pretty new investors. We don't have cash built up yet. Yeah. And I sat down at the table and I said, okay, okay, Chuck. I said, here's, I'm going to give you two offers. So in my mind, I'm thinking, let's go with the choice close, right? The choice yeah. close that they have, you know, your listeners, if they have two choices, usually they'll pick one instead of saying no. Exactly. And so I said, I, I forget the numbers. I think it was like, yeah, we can give you, we can give you 50,000 or 45,000 or 50,000 in cash. Yeah. Low bulk, be, all cash offer. Yeah. yeah. Or 60,000. If we can do a creative deal with you, if, if we can pay you when we sell the house. And he said, what's that one? And I'm thinking, thank God. Cause I don't have 50 grand in cash. And I didn't know where I was going to get it from. Right. I didn't know. So my other investors were, I didn't have other private investors lined up and I'm like, I, they're all tied up in those houses. I don't know. And he, we struck a deal where the house and stay with me on this one, the house stayed in their name. Yeah. Right. We then have an agreement in place that gives us what I would call reasonable access to the house. Mm-hmm. We took over making the making, we said, you keep paying the insurance payment and you keep paying the taxes. Mortgage. Taxes. Thanks. Taxes. Yep. Taxes. Okay. We will keep the house up, maintain it. We're <clears> going to fix it at our cost. So on our nickel, we're going to fix it. We use credit cards for that part of it, mm-hmm. for almost all of it. I said, then we're going to handle the sales process. We're going to handle everything at the closing table. We get whatever's left over. You get your check for 60 grand and we get whatever's left over. So we we did that whole deal. So the cool part is we never owned the house. Now, is it risky? Yeah, you, you got to make sure you pick the right seller for this deal. But this was a couple that we had a good feeling about them. Plus, and you probably so- secured yourself with some sort of an option on title or something like that, we, I would imagine. I forgot what it was back then, but my lawyer did something to that effect where yeah. if they decide to, re- but you know, the truth of the matter is though, I'm already fully invested. If I, if yeah. I redo their house and I have, I have legal documentation, I still have to sue them and try and get my, try and get my rights to the house. We still have 30 grand into it with renovations. Right. It. And yeah. so it's a little bit, no matter what you do in that situation, it's not it's ideal. Yeah. But, but I didn't have to go with any money to do the deal. Mm-hmm. So we sell that house. I I'll tell you what was, I want, I want to tell your part. Cause at the closing table, their check was 60 and ours was 93,000. <laughs> Cause we, so we said I, I was awkward for a minute, but they were, they said, well, we, I remember them saying, well, we know, we know how much you guys put into that house. Yeah. I said, yeah, we, we did a lot. Now we made, we made like 63,000 profit, but I want, this is a, this is a key point. I want you to know. So go ahead. Yeah. So we're sitting there at the closing table and they get their check for 60 grand. And I look over at them and I say, what are you going to do with that 60 grand? And they're like, well, we don't know. So they are our investors to this day. And not only did they invest that 60 grand, yeah. but they took all of their other stuff that was in their yes, IRAs. IRAs and everything. And they now have yes. all that with us today. Yes. But 15 oh, years so, later, so still our investors. the value of that one deal yeah. that we, that we structure on a creative finance deal. And then, yeah. So and, all yeah. because of a question. What yeah. you gonna do with that sixty grand? The worst thing you <laughs> say is no. I wasn't thinking about asking that question. I was yeah, saying, you're 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 looking at the ninety three thousand dollars check. I'm staring at ninety three thousand dollars, going, is that right? <laughs> Holy crap, is that right? So I look at that check, and then here, and then when Amber asked that question, I got uncomfortable. I'm like, uh, and then they go, I don't know. And she's how about she goes, how about be the lender for us? So I'm thinking, wow, you're bold, girl. Well, they here just they just saw how the process worked, so they yeah. knew we were real. Yeah, you know, we didn't have to sell perfect them on time. That. 
perfect time. And that what, and what great time. people, great friends. They're, they, their son became an investor or their daughter. Rather every year. Oh, yeah. I talked to Chuck. He, goes, he still visits the office up there in New York once in a while, meets my team. Yeah. Nice. So it's the, like you said, the value of an a lifetime worth that lifetime the, lifetime worth, worth. that that's a great i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that line from you i like that yeah. the lifetime worth that investor it's so much money i hadn't thought of it that way dave but that, how much money is that i i actually created a i created a calculator to figure that out Oof. it's mind-boggling i'll i'll send you guys a link for that you can fool around with that, that. And yeah sure. it's i think would actually what the hell we're having are you guys got a few minutes sure why don't we see if we can make this work and it won't be perfect, but it'll be sure. pretty close. So let's. I, I hope the listeners are understanding too that to be to be a good investor, the key that we're all talking about today is being resourceful. Exactly. So like that that character trait is so big in in being a successful real estate investor. For sure. All right. What do you need from us? All right. So let's let's just look at. What an average price of a property? Just a uh, what what price, Dave? When we buy it or when we sell it? Let's see. How much we're going to need to borrow, right? Yeah. So this this might not be perfect for flips, but we'll we'll make it as close as we can. So what I, number you I, want? I, there? I'm going to guess this would be actually probably after repaired value. So call it call it two fifty. Two hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. This is more designed for long term, but that's all right. So we'll. Okay. Say a year. So it's the end price is 250. You're buying it at what? Call it a call it a hundred. Oh no. Okay. So you're getting 100, 120, 100, 150, something like that, maybe. Yeah, 50%. Okay. So yeah, let's say you're getting 50% discount. That's okay. that's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going again, typically going for down payment closing costs, that kind of stuff, and mortgages and all that kind of stuff. So let's just say. You guys have to, you're coming out with 100% of the money. Yeah. And this may or may not work. So we might have to fool around with this, but no worries. No worries. And then you are forcing up the value of it by 50%. Yep. Yep. Okay. No cash flow, market depreciation. Da, 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 da. So again, we might not be. Okay. So interest rate, let's put like 10% over there. Yeah. Cash flow, market appreciation. This is not sounding right because we're showing up with $260,000 worth of profits. Wouldn't be making that much profit on that. That'd be great. I don't know how that's that possible, but that. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. Sorry, I'm floundering around with this, you guys. It's not no, it's all right. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't work, it's no big deal. Okay. I can tell you for me, it's just looking at the numbers just from one investor. It's, it's, tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, I know it's it's going to be crazy, but I want to get I want to get the your net profit on a deal being about oh. correct. So what what are you about, averaging? About, about 70 grand. Okay, so let's say Yeah, right, that's fine. So let's let, let's say it, that. Let's say it's that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're making 65 grand on a deal. How many investors do you need typically for one of those kind of properties? One. One, one investor. Okay. And not taking your best investor, not taking your worst investor, what would you say are the average number of deals an investor would do with you over time, over the lifetime? Oh, over the over the lifetime? Yeah. So if we have, I mean- Three or four a year. Yeah, probably three, three, three a year times, times 
12. We have, that's called 12 years. 36. 36 deals. And then 36 we're not deals. done yet. So let's say, let's say, I don't know. 50. And why don't we be conservative? Why don't we, why don't we take it down a notch? And let's say they do 25 deals with you over time. Sure. Okay. Okay. Now on average, how many referrals and don't, again, don't think at your best investors. Don't think you're worse, but yeah. on average, how many other investors might they refer you to? You know, two. one or two, two, one or two for sure. In that, okay. in that range, 1.5, well, 1. we can <laughs> Let's see if we can do 1.5. The difference. There you go. $4 million. Your average investor, not your best one. Your average investor is worth $4 million to you guys yeah. that funny? over the lifetime of your working relationship. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's pretty valuable. <laughs> that's why I got that, to, that's, to us yeah. and to them. You know, we, yeah. we do. We do, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah, we we're big about you know when birthday comes, we send out birthday gifts and all that kind of stuff and cards and all that. We still do all that. I think it's so important we do that just to keep people in the loop. And it's a relationship. I send out oh, videos sure. once in a while, what's going on in the company and how we're doing. I keep them in the loop a little bit. Some don't even yeah. care. And that, that's that's why we that's why we tell our clients, hey, you gotta treat your investors like gold. Yes, because that's that's what they're worth to you guys. So again, getting back to your students and newer flippers, kind of learning how to do things from you guys. Yeah. So they go with the path of least resistance. They're going for hard money loans at the beginning, but at least at first, once, once they once they start realizing that it's way better probably for them to to work yeah. with private lenders. What are they typically getting started doing, or what are you recommending that they do? The same thing that same, you guys did. Same exact thing we did. Yeah. So yeah, we in our student portal we have a packet that's all made that's all white labeled. They can just put their picture on there and their like stories. A yeah, a template, and they can just send that out. And we just encourage them to do that. You know, I I don't know how many do it. We are going to get a little more strict on not strict, but encouraging on getting them to do that because now in today's market, you know, money's getting tighter to find. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be tighter for a while. I think Fed has just dropped the rates of a quarter or they're about to, who knows, they're all over the place. But I think that the more, I think, I think a lot of people, you know, if I could do a shameless plug for our book, you know, it's, it's the birth yeah. of the everyday real estate investor, right? How the, how real estate, not stocks create wealth. And then I think a lot of people are saying, yeah, the stock market sucks right now. Like I don't, they don't like the ups. If you like mm -hmm. the ups and downs, go for it. Godspeed. And this, this but reminds, not everybody does. This reminds us of when we started, because when we started in 07, 08, everybody was like, get out of real estate. The sky mm -hmm. is falling. And, yeah. and today is, you know, we're having, we're having economy different, you know, for different reasons, yeah. the change, yeah. the changes that are happening, interest rates are going up, that sort of thing. But it just reminds us of, of those times and how there's still opportunity available for people that want to get involved in real estate. And the methods might need to be different, like Glenn mentioned, doing subject twos and trying to do those assumable loans and, and situations like that. So, but there's always opportunity in real estate. So what what we always say is, you know, don't listen to the masses. They have a silent M. <laughs> That's what we call it. Right? <laughs> and, it takes people a minute. So yeah, it took and, yeah, it took half a second for that to release. The, the reason we were successful at first is it was working for us. Like we weren't listening yeah. to the news, we weren't listening to yeah. the naysayers. We yeah. were we were profitable. We were doing really really well at getting started, even when everybody was saying run from it. Yeah. So there's still opportunity. You just have to ha know how to go about it. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. No, you guys, this has been fantastic. Time flies when we're having fun. So yeah. people want to find out more about Glenn and Amber Schwarm. What should they do? The best way to find us is to go to glennandamber.com. That's glennandamber.com. And that has links to 
our, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, our website, our book, our social media, our podcast. All there, good there is one. There is one fun thing I'll tell you about. If you if your listeners go there on our website on that glennandamber.com is a show that we produced last year called The Big Flipping Break. And we took a couple that he's a pastor and she's a stay-at-home mom. We were their private money lenders mm. and we gave them all the money for the deal. We coached them the whole thing and we recorded the whole thing professionally. Nice. And then we took them the whole journey and we ended up splitting. We, the deal was we split the profit at the end, but there's a secret hidden component in the show is that we're actually we're actually schooling them to see if we want to lend our money to them, just like people did to us going forward. Right. They just bought. They just bought two more houses this week, so I had to scramble to get some cash together for them. But but we are now their private bankers, you know, because of what we've built. We're we're paying it back. Well, that show takes right through a journey. So if your listeners want, it's eight episodes, something entertaining. It's a pretty cool. It's it a pretty fun. cool show. It's on YouTube, but it's a pretty yeah. cool show. And it's called The Big Flipping Break. So if they want to see a real live couple, what is not HGTV flipping, what it's really like flipping, yeah. I get attacked by a squirrel. Even David's <laughs> sister passed away during filming of all this. Oh it's right. It, it, yeah, it was it was real stuff. It wasn't like yeah. raw. You know, those those shows drive well, it wasn't condensed into half an hour. No, and it's all yeah, it's all raw. raw. Oh, I made a big mistake. Oh, I only made 150 grand. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those shows. Shut up. So yeah, I want let's let's have some reality. Let's yeah. Yeah, we had no. buried old tanks, all kinds of crazy stuff happened. So it was good. So yeah, if they want oh, to, it's it's kind stuff. of a fun journey. You guys, thank you so much. This has been great. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. This episode is brought to you by moneypartnerformula.com. Our Money Partner Formula service allows you to raise all the private capital you need to do all the deals you want while we handle the hard stuff. We offer reliable and affordable done-for-you marketing services that get you investor meetings booked without all the work. So go ahead and check out the website right now, and then feel free to schedule a call with me, and let's take your portfolio to the next level. Again, that's moneypartnerformula.com. Watch investor meetings pop up in your calendar. We handle the rest.